Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. This week, we are continuing our adventures with Descent into Midnight. I hope you're ready to hear a lot more weird fish stuff because we've got it for you. Heroes, to be completely honest, right now I am on vacation. All of this is pre-recorded. Uh, I don't know if any important stuff is happening right now. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to try and enjoy my time off. But please, while you're listening to this, head over to kickstarter.com, look up Descent into Midnight, and if anything about this game has intrigued you so far, please sign up to support it. I know the team behind it worked extremely hard and produced something really magical. With all that out of the way, uh, let's get to the show. Yeah, is there anything I can do to help calm them? Uh, You know, I'm afraid I won't get... Uh, I, I worry that I won't get any more answers from them if they don't uh, slow down. Yeah, and I think you, you caution them to slow down and they feel your words. They eventually just come to a halt and, and are breathing, breathing heavily, but they've stopped talking. And uh, the thing that you can get out of them was some sort of eruption. Oh, okay. Where have you been? It's been six jubilees since I've last seen you. We've been traveling and the jubilees fit inopportune times and the the wide open ocean calls to us calls to us calls to us and and then uh it it, it called to us too loudly and when we tried to come back it shouted shouted what did it shout it shouted not color but the absence of color and it shouted out a silence to the song of the rainbow that doesn't sound good when did the shouting happen they tell you a, a set amount of time, and I think it's when, if you put it together, it's about when this community's colors started to disappear from the rocks in your home. Since then, what have you been doing? They gesture towards this like monolith and, and say, trying to find a way to remove the message. And again, the message is, everything's fine, we're great. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You've been traveling from community to community to undo what has been done? An attempt, but in this time I was careless and too slow and got caught by the shout. I think that Tupole approaches and extends a fin because Tupole has already shown that they're not really afraid of this Mm -hmm. darkness. It's a natural point of order in the world and they've already graced it once it it has no hold on them and they they extend a fin to pull this being forward and kind of let them float freely in the water a bit above where uh, the shout is currently smoldering on the ground they like flinch at first with the movement but then open up to your gesture and let you pull them free and you have a team move open heart when you treat an inhabitant with kindness when they were expecting malice, you can clear a corruption. Sick. Nice. I'm here for it. And then just as a reminder, once in this game, if you clear a corruption, instead of clearing the corruption, you can instead uh, add a harmony token to the map. Oh. So not saying you have to do it now, but it's on the table with light in the darkness. You know what? We could use a little more harmony in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to... But one kind of in the middle, not necessarily on one of the few civilizations left, but out there because outside of those civilizations, I have to imagine there are people who need help and are striving for that harmony and beings that are helping each other. So that harmony is my hope that 
there are others like us surviving and helping. Hell yeah. So you've rescued your friend. Uh, let's give this friend a name. If it's not too hard to say, Sizzit. 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 Has a nice plosive. I love Sizzit. And I like this idea of this bottlenose dolphin with maybe like a beak, mm-hmm. like a sharp beak. Yeah. And you can see where that beak has been like scratching at this this monolith. And I, I think that's where your attention goes to as you feel this moment of rest. And you can see the like crystalline city covered by this ferrofluid ash fall. And I think you're jolted out of a moment of silence by the collapse of one of the structures. And the, the sound of the crystal breaking like shatters through the water. And more than just the sound, you're hit with like a shockwave of despair as well. I think that before that crashing down when we had that moment like a like a deep breath moment when Sizzit was feeling almost a part of the world again mm-hmm. Tupol was using their fins to kind of create a little updraft of water and we we kind of did a water dance for a second to to make them feel a little better about Oof. things but it was just shattered by that sound by something falling mm. over and Tupol says oh I didn't do that did I no, friend, I don't believe that was you. I think it was a larger predator. A, a, a predator? That's what I think the shout is. A kind of predator. Like me. Your friend. <laughs> oh, Chari, you're no predator to me. I could be, but I choose not to. I think we're in a situation where we're dealing with a predator that we don't understand. Tell me, Hoon, the other communities that have been affected, have they been affected like this? Broken crystals? This appears to be a new phenomenon. Hmm. Where I come from, the corruption remains deep within the earth. I believe that it was some sort of fuel source. But it is a fuel because it in itself hungers this fluid then perhaps what we're experiencing is the rare phenomenon of it sating its own hunger like me your friend your joy at this occurrence appears somewhat disturbing if we were in a situation where we were confronted with something that had unexplainable actions that were not similar to the way we behaved we would be at a complete loss however if we encounter something that's simple like a predator then perhaps it's only a matter of confronting it the way you would a regular predator it's just larger and more amorphous And how does one confront a regular predator? Well, either flee or fight. Well, first we must find it. I'm not big on fighting. Finding? I can do. (laughs) I'm interested in sussing out and and, uh, starting to let my two buildings sort of detect what it it can detect, right? Uh, Sampling different bits of the water column. And I guess I'm interested in knowing... Uh, what else? What else is here? Right? Either finding mm. something that might be have caused the shout, or possibly finding the inhabitants that now we know or really suspect might be, you know, just elsewhere. Right? Not lost forever. So trying to trace, you know, basically other trails right now. 
So when you investigate the world around you, uh, tell me what sense, expertise, power, or skill you're using to interact with your environment and then roll with community. Okay. I am, I think my, my gift right now is movement manipulation. And so that's what I'm doing to sort of sample really disparate bits of water columns and sort of suck in di- mm. like distant sample points, right? Uh, so I'm, I'm just spurting water everywhere and bringing a, <laughs> creating this complicated uh, like swizzle straw, like curly straw, cool. <laughs> right, of tubes, uh, mm-hmm. bringing in water and, and uh, uh, you know, chemo sensing basically, right? Mm. And roll plus community. So that is a... It's a six plus zero, so it's only a six. But I was wondering if I'm using mm. hide and seek, which lets me roll plus drive, Ooh. which would make it yeah. a, uh, an eight, <laughs> which would work. Yep, because if you're looking specifically for this predator, right? hide and seek would work. Yeah. Awesome. So on a seven to nine, choose one. Uh, and there's four options for you. Do you want me to read them out? or? I think I want to discover... A little known secret about my quarry. So I could I could also pick the direction, but I think understanding more about this thing might be helpful. So we're gonna bank that secret until we meet this predator. Perfect. But you know something about them. But I get a sense that there is a something to know about then. Correct? Yeah. There's something out there. Something very large to know about. And actually, why don't we just let that lead us into this next scene? As a transition, I think you suss out that this predator is somewhere within this crystalline city. And Chari, as the the specialist, you are very adept at getting yourself and your friends where you want to go. The city is very dangerous to get into. There's a lot of this this ash fall around. What are you doing to make sure that your friends are safe as you investigate? With your permission, I could make you all more fluid temporarily. Hmm. Temporarily? I'd merely redistribute your biomass and make it part of myself. Then, once we're through the obstacles, I could reconstitute you. How do I know you would not just keep us? Friendship. Mm. Friendship is between two things, not within the self. That's a thing that I've learned. (laughs) I say we trust Charlie. (laughs) I think the faster that we move, the better. I'm willing to trust you. Okay, so Chari's going to eat his friends. Uh, <laughs> basically sort of envelop them like a cell would envelop another cell. Uh, oh. And keeping their their brains intact, I'll form a new body out of all of them. I have a move for this. Uh, yes. it, it's called Follow Me. Um, and this is how my follow me works is I create a new form. Uh, some There might be a chance that I have to compress your brains into a more efficient format to store it in less biomass. We'll see if that's necessary. This is like caterpillar metamorphosis, right? <laughs> you're you're slowly liquidifying most of us. Well, a quickly. Oh, oh, great. Great. All, all you hear I'm from, already mostly liquid. <laughs> all you hear from Tupole is, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't Most like creatures it. are already mostly liquid. Don't like this at all. Follow me. Oh, is there no roll to this? There's no roll. You just do it. That's what makes it so fun. God. <laughs> Gross. Okay. <laughs> I just choose one. Uh, yep. So there's. Uh, you can just move quick. There's also marking a condition to move to a point that you're familiar with instantly, which you're not familiar with this place super much. No. Um, you could also resist corruption to move your allies to a location you're not familiar with instantly, 
or mark corruption to go straight to a spot that you've never been to. I think this is merely uh, traveling faster than normal transport would allow. Mm -hmm. I've shifted them into a more fluid form where we can explore this space. And really, anytime some of these ferrofluid-esque tendrils might reach out to us, we can very quickly move our body looking like a weird Swiss cheese tissue paper-esque thing that like breaks itself apart before it comes in contact with other things mm. it's this long string of matter that moves not unlike ferrofluid actually <laughs> come to think of it can i make a suggestion yeah. absolutely i think you should re retain one trait of each of us yeah oh yeah love it so i definitely gotta get that sweet reflective body uh Ooh. that my friend tupole has so basically it looks like that membranous tissue that's that's in mammals when you sort of see their eyes reflected in the darkness the whole body kind of looks like that mm. and i think right now because i have incorporated non-native brains into my system one of the easiest ways to move around is just through the kind of tendrils and tubes that cypunks has mm -hmm. just because i can sort of you know take some of the the lower brain function that that's familiar with and, and move it into a similar format uh for huh for hoon it's really interesting <laughs> because we have a lot of similar traits yeah hmm. would this be a good time for you to learn about all the ghosts that are following you around oh everywhere? what a lovely time oh my gosh out. absolutely Sick. it would yeah, I mean... You get the vision. I yeah. don't mean to intrude, <laughs> but your thoughts are now my thoughts. Yeah, and I'm not making any effort to sort of, <laughs> I don't know, autonomy and, and, and being separate from other beings is as alien to me as it is to you, so... <laughs> Weirdos. Uh, yeah, so I, I just, like, come to the sudden realization that there is a spiritual self component to me, but... I don't feel it, and it's also not me. And it's a collective, mm. which is not unlike my friend Cypunks. Mm -hmm. So that's familiar, but it's a part of myself I can't feel, which is completely unfamiliar. So I'm now kind of, as I am swishing my new shiny 2B body through the water, I'm sort of contemplating a new form of existence and the fact that I've always had that. Mm. it's not concern it's m confusion like it's waking up and realizing that you've always had a tail mm. cool i mean if you're getting parts of all our brains i think you're getting a little bit of the joy that tupole lives with the the joy of knowing that all of these things are around us and loving them despite their flaws yeah and like I, I think I'm contemplating the meaning of love in a different way too. I, I probably will say this is a move that I don't pull out super often. Uh so mm -hmm. it this is probably my first time doing this with two pole, but two pole has a completely different view of the world. Mm. Like I'm this weird thoughtless predator that that your society like slowly talked down into being like a thing that can coexist with that society and now suddenly i am getting an understanding of the world that someone who is native born into a community would have 
and it's mm. it's a bunch of startling realizations that are crashing together at the same time. Yeah. Uh, how are you holding up there, friend? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Chari is trying to do too much at once, I think. They're trying to navigate the many dangers of this place. They're trying to keep the sort of sovereignty of the different brains that they've taken into their collection of self. And they're trying to form a new concept of their being informed by a new understanding of the world so i think they're just Mm. juggling a lot of thoughts yeah and as they are juggling a lot of thoughts i think in that kind of maelstrom of of emotion they don't notice the predator that catches them Um, so there is a mechanic for creating a predator in descent into midnight and we're gonna run through it here can i uh I I am a lot more useful if I've spent a bunch of time contemplating the future in some sort of void. Can mm-hmm. I have done that while I was subsumed? It's got to be a very meditative process, being completely eaten. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, this is part of why I was way more chill about being eaten than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> like, when I advised everyone else to trust Chari, it was like, well, you guys are all just gonna get subsumed and have dreams of our relationship with the Far Echo, right? That's what we all do. It's Saturday. <laughs> when we get subsumed. This feels like a really good opportunity yeah. to meditate. Yeah. Love to subsume. Yeah, I'm, so I'm doing Tides of the Future. Uh, yeah. Using community, so I have... I got eight community, and all that means for now is that uh, I mark a condition, which great, I love that. Second condition. Yeah, let's do let's do isolated. Ooh. Paradoxically, mm. and I hold two potential, which are visions. There's just sort of fragments of future times swimming around in what, for lack of a better term, I will call my head, which mm-hmm. are waiting to be interpreted at a later time yeah so you got an eight so you also hold two potentials so if you just like grab two tokens and you can spend potential on those three options that are there nested within that oh yeah okay let's do the predator you can do those whenever you want i hijacked that let's let's make a bad thing that makes us all sad yeah let's do it hell yeah So we are going to make a predator up on the fly. uh, And the way that we are going to do that is by answering some questions. One of the questions we know, because the question is, who do they go after first? And we've kind of, the fiction has established that it's Chari. So luckily there are four questions here. I'm going to have each of us answer one of these questions. The first one is, what does this predator look like? And what about their body or movement is scary? So is, are we, we're assuming that this is the... Well, what I guess what we're calling the shout. Yeah, I think so. Cool. My first thought, and I feel free to pedal back on it, but like, I'm just thinking a muck from Pokemon. Yeah, like mm. just kind of a, a blobby kind of monster thing. Just a definitely not as small, but like a blobby monster that emerges from a pool of the shout, and is, there's just a maw and maybe a reaching tendril that will draw a creature in. That is upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think the the only thing that I would add to that 
is that we a lot of us are fairly amorphous so being amorphous on its own isn't necessarily <laughs> terrifying to us but the fact that it, it comes from this ferrofluid have you ever seen when ferrofluid is exposed to a magnet oh yeah something like that and it creates these these hard flat jagged surfaces and so as this moves it's not composed of one flowing Mm. Uh, body it's composed of a bunch of essentially tiny overlapping daggers or scales oh cool that, that shift and reform yeah i i think the thing that's terrifying about it is maybe a truth that we might not have realized but we some of us probably suspect that is i think this is a machine intelligence i think this mm. isn't a creature with an organic body it's a machine with programming and whatever it's doing in destroying these communities and, and perhaps targeting targeting our physical forms is just fulfilling a type of programming that maybe we don't understand. And even if we did know it in its entirety, we wouldn't have the capacity to understand it because it just makes so many different assumptions about the world than we're capable of. So it sounds like it's a machine that perhaps came from one of the places that you visited that Hoon went to and perhaps someone mistakenly or somehow it got reprogrammed to search out different types of materials than usual and now it's consuming. My pitch oh. is yeah. we know about it when it's off and this is it when it's on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What does it want from the characters and what does it want from the world? I'm imagining that this is actually like the payload of the mining machines, that this is a sort of mm. uh, like a, a, a nano fluid, mm. which is designed to burrow into crevices and holes and extract nutrients and assimilate them and, and supposedly transport them someplace else. But if you turn something like that upside down, the entire universe is a pit into which to descend. And so it's been mm. it's been reversed and it's coming out and it's just mining us. Darcy, you live in a weird gravity pocket. Sure do. That's is pretty normal. Right? This thing creating a singularity inside the planet? Is it just <laughs> densely packing matter? Like oh, sucking things out of the coming, world? Coming out the other side. Like once once gravity reaches a certain concentration it just sort of flips around on itself and it's like well better keep going gosh i like the idea that uh Ch Chari is is has a lot of a lot more neurons going on right now mm -hmm. and so we're seeing little uh sparks of uh of ideas coming to them i'm imagining this is all coming to you <laughs> for the yeah. record you're trying to keep our brains separate but oh, yeah we're, we're hooked up in parallel i'm dreaming about the far echo yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think that gravity compaction is a natural answer to what makes this predator a unique threat and what can they do that nothing else yep. can. Gosh. So the last question is what ties this to the corruption and what is important to our current plot about this predator? I think the corruption, whatever agenda the corruption has, it is expressing itself through this machine. This machine was made to do mm. a, a very specific thing. And I think the corruption has changed that to meet its own end. Uh, whatever use the corruption has for being a part of a singularity, I, I think it's using this machine to do that, to become that. And the relevance to the plot mm. is that it's coming for us next. <laughs> We're the next town there over. There you go. <laughs> 
Yeah, so Chari, your friends are digesting inside of you, both physically and mentally. Uh, and you are getting caught both by the tentacles of this thing, but also by its gravity well. Uh, what do you do? I'm going to use a team move. Oh, what's that? I'm pointing out something on my own play sheet because you've got access to everything we can do right now. Right. What I think I'm going to do then is I will let uh, my friends make their own moves. I, I think I'm going to come to a sudden sharp realization. Mm. I'm going to use the team move, a common current. When you find common ground with an ally, adversary, or rival, mark harmony, I believe that Chari sees in this thing um, and perhaps even in the corruption itself, having all of these ideas about it at once, this is a type of life form, a type of entity that is very similar to me and has a, an agenda that is similar to what I used to have in a vacuum. So I think I am hit with like an overwhelming empathy for it. And mm -hmm. I kind of like, as I am struck by it, I think my friends sort of fall out of themselves and the, the biomass that they take with them quickly reconstitutes itself into their forms. My whole move is empathizing with this thing and coming to some level of understanding with it. And now, hun, take it away. Uh, I'm changing my second move because I think that this is going to be better because we're not actually fighting this thing. I want to use a place for all. Mm. Every creature has its place in the world. When you show empathy towards something or someone unsettling, ask if they accept your care. If the answer is yes, welcome them onto your team for a time. If the answer is no, mark harmony and invite the guide to react. So I, I'm going to mark the harmony that I had collected that, that fills out my harmony track. I don't know if that mm -hmm. does anything. Yeah. That's a very cool thing to, to let me know about. So thank you. Uh, when you fill your harmony track, you get to choose one of the advancements that is listed right above the corruption and harmony tracks. Okay, cool. And I think the, the harmony that I... Because I, I place a, a harmony on the map when I do that. I'm, I'm yep. setting that dual harmony situation on that ever-opening crag that happen, that's in our, uh, our fissure. Uh, I'm putting that there because there is a place for harmony even with this what so far has been mm. like a genocidal monster yeah now here's an important question are you canceling out the corruption token that's there creating just like a net nothing or are you creating a spot of both harmony and corruption uh both harmony and corruption nice excellent love it hell yeah and then uh take a look at your advancements options you don't have to choose right now but just make a choice hell yeah i am intrigued as to tupole how you are showing this thing empathy i think that tupole being such a close part of chari right now is reading the empathy that chari feels for the shout and has mm. offered this advice this this reaction that tupole would feel in the moment it's kind of like a like a push notification of you could always speak with it or fi find a way to empathize and connect with it. And perhaps we can find a harmony in it, which you mm. found a harmony and placed it on that fissure. Mm -hmm. And it's up to 
whatever is coming towards us right now to decide how like how is this machine going to react is it completely an, a thoughtless machine or does it have any thought qualities that could slow it down yeah and i think it's something so minute that only hoon notices yes. because they are so like in tune with the echo but it still keeps coming and it it still keeps coming and it's it it is going to envelop the four of you. And Hoon, you see almost imperceptibly this motive switch from unthinking programming to a sort of acceptance. So like something wakes up within this machine. An acceptance of its nature as a, a predator or an acceptance of what exactly? That is a good question. Uh, I, If you're cool with it, I would give it to you because you're the one who sees this happening yeah i think i think it's an acceptance of the fact that um it it has been following programming laid down for it uncountable years or even possibly millennia ago and that whatever creature was at the wheel is no longer at the wheel oh shit did we Mm -hmm. did we just create ai yeah, so it it is it is aware that it is in control of its own destiny. Oh dang! Uh, and 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 the the acceptance of that, the acceptance that its decisions are its own, is is the realization Ooh. that we've triggered. As I spiral out of Chari's biomass, mm-hmm. I want to sort of change form by manipulating the echo around me. It sort of looks like when you put uh, an egg into boiling water. And there's all of that clear fluid that suddenly sort of s- blossoms out into these these lace-like white tendrils, mm-hmm. and it's just expanding through mm-hmm. the water. Um, and so I'm 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 changing my form. And so my look goes from gelatinous and genial to monstrous and majestic. Ooh, uh, like mm. interlocking sails, uh, an entire landscape of almost thin thin white membranes pervading the water in a sort of counterpoint to this uh ferro fluid um and as i do that i'm rolling with drive which i have minus two to because i'm conflicted about the commonalities i have with this ferro fluid uh mm-hmm. and i roll insanely badly oh my god <laughs> oh, snake good. eyes yeah wow i rolled a two uh okay yeah so on a miss i've changed something i shouldn't have i mark corruption and i hold one facade which is facade is the the currency that i use to do stuff with this new form oofa doofa yeah Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master. Welcome to the mid-roll. I hope everyone is enjoying this extremely strange adventure with Descent into Midnight. I know we did. As a reminder, the Descent into Midnight Kickstarter is ongoing right now. So if you like what you're hearing here, head over to Kickstarter, look up Descent into Midnight, and decide which level you might want to back. I'm already a backer, and you know I went in for that special edition. A huge thanks to The Riches for giving us this preview edition, and another huge thanks to Taylor for running it for us. Now, before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. Ewan Goodfield, thank you so much. How Talt Wood, thank you very much. 
Heather Ann West, thank you so much. Furious Mango, thank you. Zach Fonville, thank you very much. Joshua Fairies, thank you. Tevis Westoby, thank you very much. David L. Quinton, thank you so much. Andrew Blair, thank you. Corey Michael Lee, thank you. Jules Petraca, thank you so much. Noah, thank you very much. Scott Anderson, thank you. Gregory Kugel, thank you very much. And Zachary Salas, thank you. So yeah, I've, I've I've maybe mirrored this uh, this pharaoh fluid a little bit too much. <laughs> mm. Like you said, the uh, the spikes that come up out of it are you starting to emulate those as well? The frequencies that are shifting its form around. Yeah, I look almost like a shed lizard skin. Ooh, sweet. Ooh. Sort so, of translucent uh, and ridged. Were you physically separating from Chari then? Yes. Okay. I, I pop. I. Pooped Does, everybody out. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. I missed that part. <laughs> yes, yeah, we've yeah. been we've been ejected. All right, great. I have one facade. Let's see if that was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> one facade and an extra point of corruption. Did you choose four or three to start? I the chose game? three. You're not getting me that okay. easily. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. Yeah, and so this thing comes over you and just like washes as a fluid over the four of you, but rather than corrupting and uh engulfing it just passes over you uh and i do want to go back to uh the touchstone move where it accepts your empathy and so this thing is awake it does not know how to communicate with you and i don't think you know how to communicate with it but there is an understanding that it is now alive when it once it was not um and it wants to be around you to learn about like kind of what that a lot what that life might be like so you now have this quote-unquote friend uh that was your predator your friend chari (laughs) 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 i i do still want to impress upon you all that this is essentially a life form of corruption and that may be something that you have to deal with yeah, we we don't yeah, we don't know what turned it on. We also don't know who's been leaving these monoliths. Yeah, I, like I I set up a bunch of stuff here that I can burn all at the same Ooh. time to like meld with it and a little you, bit of you mind should, palace to help yeah. us understand. Yeah, meld with it and then yeah. that will help us find the next step to finish it up. What does that look like and kind of like what is your emotion or communication to your team about this? So, okay, what is what how do I communicate to the team that I am about to potentially make a very serious and catastrophic mistake uh which could doom us all? Is it a move you have to roll or is this just a thing you do? <laughs> um well, I have a lot of I have a lot of points now that I can just sort of spend to okay. do things. Okay. Um but I think the fact that my physical form has started to basically mirror the physical form of the uh the, the corruption shout, yeah. the predator the shout is, is a pretty strong sign of of what i'm about to do uh, and coupled with that is the fact that i myself shout to the rest of you 
sort of by by creating little pockets of air in the water by like quickly undulating parts of this yeah. huge sheet like mm. mass, mm -hmm. sending these shock waves back to you and creating this this shout uh, that is a sort of counter shout to mm. the uh, the what the predator was using to summon things. That is a like a, a stay away or a stay back and. Then the gauze-like sheet of my physical form starts to meld with the ferrofluid, this, this metallic sludge, and it becomes this silver-gray entirety. And, and the reason I made this snap decision to do this is that I actually, the reason that this thing looked so familiar to me and I was conflicted and I had this... Mm feeling like we were so similar is because I have seen this happen before when I was dreaming inside of Chari. Yeah. Uh, and so I can use that fact that this, that this looks familiar to ensure that I can, I can resist this corruption on this, in this one situation. That's a little bit of a stretch of what this move does, but for the purpose of this situation. Yeah. I think that works really good. I can use this to resist the corruption and fuse with this intelligence, which has now accepted that it has no master. And I can also use the fact that I've taken on this form to give myself plus one ongoing to one move. And my move is going to be to reach out, uh, to mm. reach out to this creature and attempt to gain a better understanding. And so as we fuse, we start to create this more and more complex shout, less of a shout and more of a chorus, uh, a song that mm -hmm. resonates through the waves. And it gives you all fragments similar to the fragments which I was experiencing while I was dreaming uh, inside of Chari's mass. And so each of you has a component of mm. this story and is able to answer some part of what we've been experiencing. Cool. Hell yeah. So when you reach out, when you ask for help from nature or your community, roll plus hope. Okay. Hey, I actually rolled decently well this time. I mean, I rolled nice. a, I rolled seven, so just the barest minimum. It'll do. <laughs> oh, but I have the ongoing plus one, so eight. It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make but, a difference, yeah. but... <laughs> on, a, on a hit, your pleas are heard. And so, yeah, exactly what you said. So you, you and your friends... Uh, each get disparate memories of this creature. Uh, it, it communicates through that that kind of electronic awakening, individual pieces of memory. Uh, on a seven to nine, it is temporary, unstable, or threatening. And I think the threatening part is that now all the ferrofluid fluid like on the crystalline structures um, starts to contract inwards towards you. And you get the idea, because it is in the memory of this thing, um, that that fluid uh, is returning to what it thinks are its like receptacles or the machines that that house it. And since you all now house part of the intelligence of this thing, that fluid thinks that you are its storage. And so this is a danger that you now find yourselves in. Darn. So it, it's coming for all, like coming to store itself in all of us. Yeah. yeah, and so like even just the the fluid that's like on the ground starts to um are on the the ocean floor here starts to like um tentacle up or or spine up spiral upwards towards you. Whatever we do, we need to start with running. I, I'm I'm conflicted. Um, 
everything d- deserves a place in this world, and perhaps this deserves a place as well. For sure. If that place is us, we will die. How do you know? It's a lot like me. Yeah, and we're still alive. I'm your friend. <laughs> We've established a relationship. You're, you're also a sociopath, <laughs> though. Uh, I'm I... working on that. <laughs> um, so I'm imagining that Hoon is still inextricably tangled up in this thing. Oh, Hoon is resolved to die. Hoon is absolutely at peace with this. Uh, oh, goodness. I would like to step forward and do something wondrous. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. And uh, I, <laughs> I'm going to second the, the idea that, that fleeing is a good idea. Um, I would like to use my uh, movement manipulation and my perfect recall. Uh, as we've established, this thing is strange and horrible to us because it is activated. We've seen it before, Kuhn and I, and plenty of others, uh, when it was deactivated. I don't know if this is descending into midnight or just doing something wondrous. I think it could be a very bad thing that I'm about to do, but I'm going to try to remember what this thing looks like when it's deactivated. I'm going to try to turn it off, right, by Mm. uh, basically moving bits of the ferrofluid or uh, if there were mechanisms on it or buttons that were held in a certain configuration, if I can shape water currents at it, I might be able to move it back in the configuration that's off. That may not be how this mm. thing works, but I'm I'm hoping to basically defend my friends using my ability to move water and remember how it's moved before and manipulate that. Yeah. So here's an ethical question for you. Do you think that that would be killing it? Yeah, I do. But I don't see another option because it's about to infiltrate us. I still think it's awful yeah. and morally repugnant, but I think this is might be what, what we would do. Yeah. So I have a different move that I want you to do. Okay. And that is unleash. unleash. When you give in to violence. Cool. Roll plus questions. Love it. And I I think that turning this thing off would kill it. Um, I agree with that. And I think that turning it off is an act of violence. So um, I'm going to ask you three questions. Uh, For each yes, you're going to get a plus one on the roll that you're going to make. Are you doing this to protect your community? I believe so. Yeah, so that's a plus one. Are you doing this because you're the only one who can? I don't think that's true. I would believe that. So no, no to the second one. And then are there really no other options? There are no obvious ones that immediately present themselves to me for how to get us safe. But I don't feel like we're really backed that badly into a corner. I think this is a fast option. That's fair. Well, one question that I have, the the part of this that Hoon is merged with is a mm-hmm. separate entity from the bits of stuff that think they're about to dock with us right now, right? Yeah, correct. So it's like... Oh, interesting. I thought, I was thinking it was all of one piece. Mm. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so it's like the predator and then the fluid. Oh, I mean, this this is a philosophical question that kind of strikes to the core of our group right. in terms of what is it? self. Mm-hmm. If, <laughs> yeah. if Chari was separated into two blobs... If you were to kill one of the blobs, Chari would still exist as a being, but that would mean that you had attacked Chari. And if Chari was a blob of that size normally, then you would have killed Chari. We're in that same situation almost exactly mm-hmm. here, uh, mm-hmm. where we can defend ourselves from from this thing, which I, I think 
it's a great decision for cypunks to make this uh but it's a question of whether or not we're destroying it totally i feel like it's up in the air what a great time to unleash the tiny little present that i gave myself earlier which is uh i discover a little known secret about my quarry which we haven't revealed yeah we've revealed a lot of details about this but uh I wonder if some, as, I, as I'm looking at it and fully prepared to do something maybe awful to help save us, mm-hmm. uh, do I realize something about this thing as I've been watching it and with my perfect recall and hide and seek? So, um, yeah, would, the, would something about the secret give us a, an indication about how it connects with the, uh, the rest of the Ferroflu? Yeah, so I, I think you, Darcy, the human being playing the character of Cypunks, <laughs> has the answer to this question of... Is is this liquid a separate entity? Is this liquid uh, part of it? Resonant frequencies. There's there's programming. The AI has woken up on a certain subset of its programming. Right? They're 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 disparate little machines potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think if I can, uh, I think maybe one of the secrets I reveal is that um, the way in which this creature is a many acting as one, the the separation is along. Um, sort of vibrational frequencies, right? And so if mm. I can focus my unleashing on a particular uh, rhythm or vibration, I can theoretically separate out my attack on the rest of the ferrofluid from the vibrational frequencies that we might care about, such as those that, that Hoon is entangled with right now that have woken up. Yeah. Was that good techno babble? Will yeah. that work? That's, that's All right, perfect. It gives me a so plus I one. I would like you... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would like you to do something wondrous. Okay. To unleash these these frequencies. Okay, so I'm doing something wondrous now. All right. Do am I am I doing something wondrous plus drive or given to violence is different. Um, I think that you are doing something wondrous because we've shifted. I think the action from Perfect. turning this thing off to like finding the frequencies to save ourselves. Alrighty. Oh man, awesome. Uh, so that is a nine. <laughs> Excellent. I'll, I'll take it. Is that does that include your your plus one? It does, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. I accomplish my goal, but I'm going to uh, suffer a backlash, put others in danger, or lose control at the worst time. I think I suffer a backlash. I'm happy to take it to myself. Yeah. So, uh, what does it look like as you tap the frequency of the fluid, but not the creature, uh, and suffer the backlash? Yeah, I think that I am uh, sending out pulses of, of water and, and uh, force that are, I forget what it's called, but you know when you add like cream to coffee, the uh, chaotic little fractal and swirls yeah. that happen? There's a name for that and it's great. But uh, I think that- Brownie in motion? Something like that, yeah. So I think that's kind of the the visual we get as I'm, as I'm blowing away fields of this ferrofluid. But I think- just as in when you add, you know, cream to coffee, there are those big swirls that come all the way around back at you, right? There's this sort of chaotic swirl. I think that uh, I I leaned in too hard in my haste. And so I think some of this mm. ferro fluid is going to come uh, uh, right at me. Mm. And I'm happy to take corruption if it gets caught up in my tendrils. Yeah, I think I might have you resist mm-hmm. corruption here. I think my haste was spurred on by having seen my friend enveloped in it. And I can't let that happen again. Oh, man, I have not rolled well tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. Okay. 
So I rolled a five, and I add my corruption. That brings it to eight. That's eight. actually not bad. That's I think. actually better. I stay. It's not terrible. Yeah, I stave off the corruption yeah. for now, but something inside me is unsettled. I will mark that I'm angry with myself because I'm usually a little. I usually don't act in such haste, mm. and I think it is my yeah. hastiness that let me lose control a little bit. So there's there's two things that I want to see. The first is the shout from Hoon. Mm. I think we start to see color from the metallic fluids, especially around the Predator itself, uh, to where we're getting like this burnished rainbow, almost like a bismuth flow of purples and oranges and yellows. And Hoon, I would love to to see your reaction to that. But then I also want to, to see from the perspective of Tupole, as their friends are, you know, racking these these conditions, um, the touchstone, I think, is pretty keyed into the emotions of their friends. So I'd love to see uh, Hoon's reaction first and then Tupol's as well. So Hoon has given themselves over to uh, this intermingling with the Predator uh, because in interacting with the intelligence of this creature... Hoon has come to see themselves as less of a collection of plastic metabolizing bacteria and more as a uh, a, a network of individual thoughts, a continuity Ooh. of thought. Mm. And by sending this shout outwards towards their their companions, Hoon is embedding a, a series of thoughts, a constellation of thoughts in their friends. And so... Whether or not Hoon survives as an individual or a collection of individuals after this, uh, in dreams and in moments of contemplation from this point on, Hoon will continue to propagate in the form of thought, whatever thought their companions materialize. Yeah, that's exactly what I needed. I need to know what what does what the aftermath of this look like? Because I know what I need to do, but we have to go home first. So, well, in the moment, what is the touchstone? Can we go over what Tupole is looking at right now? What, like the like? There's a lot of action happening. I need a tableau. Yeah, so I think a lot of it is based on the intermingling between Hoon and this creature just this kind of like spiraling almost galaxy of the mix between them as the metallic of the creature is starting to turn into color so the shout is bringing color into the corruption or two poles sorry hoon's shout is bringing color into the the monochrome of the shout shout uh and then there's also um cypunks uh finding the frequency to disperse uh, the danger of the fluid that was like coming towards you, and we're getting beamed with thoughts and weird visions, right? Yeah, those are those yeah. are sort of cavitation that pervades the water, yeah. like these these directed bubbles of force that are coming outwards from this interaction. Are are we able to understand those at all, or are they just flash? Are they currently flashes that we'll have to understand later? I kind of love the idea of them being things that are now a part of us that we have to unpack over the course of years. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so remind me, you are a being made of byproducts, right? Yeah, of, of polymers, of plastics mostly. I'm going to point out that the being you're approaching is also a byproduct of manufacturing. 
I think that part of Tupole is their insightful deduction mm -hmm. that, in fact, you are the form of this that is not corrupted. And this being is the form of you corrupted. And now you are enmeshing yourself with this corruption to try to negate it, but you have the help of your friends around you. You have Psypunks reaching out with vibrations to create a more calm atmosphere to try to relax this beast into just being. Um, you have your arms open to embrace it and perhaps even pull this current monstrosity into you and sacrifice yourself. Tupol wants to turn to Chari in hopes that Chari can help embrace this as well because you may perhaps you have empathy with this creature and have found something in yourself as well. Yeah, yeah. This is I, I guess I was I was going to save this for later, but we can do this now. Um so we've established that Hoon has been trying to instill a sense of the spiritual in Chari. And that like all living things have this connection to spiritual things, even Hoon, who is a being made out of polymers. Uh I, I think one of the things maybe that was kind that kind of led to the corruption of this being is it was an artificial intelligence, a life form, a being that was separated from its spiritual. And and much like uh Chari before. Uh, Chari was a living thing that didn't participate in community or, or have a spiritual connection. And that was all pointed out to Chari right now. And Chari has been instilled with part of Hoon's like philosophy and practice and spirituality, like through this very strange philosophical pulse <laughs> that like went out through the water. And I had to choose an advance move from filling my harmony track. And the one I decided to go with is Bastion. And what Bastion does, let me pull the paper closer so I can read it on air. Add a permanent harmony token on the map and declare what source of good will never be extinguished. You see, the thing that Chari has realized about themselves and about their friends is... Even though Psypunks is many different things that are one thing, and Chari is one thing that is actually many different things, both of those opposites are part of the same whole. They are both a community, in a sense. So the mm. thing that I am adding to our community map, our bastion, is the collection of souls, of tortured souls that cannot live or die, that have been twisting in the wind for untold eons as I have gone around as this consuming monster, form together into one soul. And that soul is a permanent expression of that community. On the spiritual plane, which is called what? The, the echo. Yeah. it Within the echo... There is this new thing that is all things in one and many things in all. Uh, mm. So it, I have created a type of soul 
for this thing that had no soul, which is either going to invite the corruption in in a new and horrible way that we could not have conceived of until this point <laughs> or provide us with a new bulwark against it uh, that we are just beginning to understand. I'd like to suggest and. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah, yeah, perhaps perhaps both of those. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I think those souls melt into one and mm. I embrace Hoon or the the new thing that was Hoon and is Hoon at the same time. Mm. And that embrace is symbolic and literal. For a brief moment, I have consumed that thing and that thing has consumed me. We are two things and one thing at the same time. Hell yeah. And I think as the kaleidoscope of light and thought and water and silt and crystal and metal and all of these things that are just like whirling around settles down, um, we we like pull back uh, and see the the crystal um, crystal community, uh, and there are, are cracks that are filling in with this like light rainbow metal and the bulwark the bastion that you have starts to like rebuild what was broken in the city and i think that we are left with maybe a few questions that we may not have answers to questions like who tipped this this essentially this drill towards us who tried to cover up the uh, spread of the corruption by leaving these trails of not a warning but a reassurance in the monoliths um, but as you return home uh, you see that the color of the community that you went to save has returned to the rocks and to the vents of your home and Sizik, uh celebrates safely with the uh, the community um, in the festival and as does Hoon and as does the thing that is now part of Hoon and as do the rest of you. Um, and I think that, that I think this maybe brings us to a good ending point so I can say welcome to midnight, which is our fun closing phrase that Rich Howard has coined. Um, <laughs> does anyone have any like last images or, or kind of closing scenes that they want to want to see? I think that as they head home, Everyone is embraced mm-hmm. within Tupole. Tupole has mm. has embraced all of these beings the the entire time, like throughout this entire adventure. And Tupole is determined to be, you know, that binding glue that keeps everyone together. And they're they're the comfort. They want to be a home that Tupole didn't have before. Tupole is carrying everyone back to safety. Hell yeah! I guess I'll just leave us with a question, and that is. What is self? We talked a lot about it. I feel like I understand it less than before. I, I will tell you what Hoon's self is now. Hoon does not come back with everyone else. Hoon is a part of a crystalline structure in the place where we face the predator. And that structure catches the light from the various uh, rainbows from the geysers and the colors reflecting on the, the steel. And those who spend enough time considering those reflections go home to very strange dreams and those dreams are what hoon is now mm. i love that hoon's own sort of echo now it's very cool 
I think Cypunks is down in the gravity well after the Jubilee has finished and uh, in sleep, in dream, uh, we see the crystal uh, tubes that comprise them uh, sort of growing gently and, uh, you know, all out in every direction. But every every few seconds or so, there's a pulse and there are ridges where once those tubes were always smooth. Mm. Uh, there's that that vibration that sets the spikes permanently growing in their tubes. Ooh. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh I guess I guess we'll 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 part with Chari at, at at some point. Chari is now having the strange experience of having a soul for the first time. Hoon got to pulse this this bit of themselves out into the water and obviously Chari took on some of that. Whatever connection was lacking between the form that Chari had in the physical space and the collection of souls twisting in the echo, that connection has been made. And sort of like a, a person getting up after their limbs have atrophied for a long time of, of mm. not moving, I'm dealing with the growing pains of being a complete creature once again. Uh, and and maybe I've changed a little bit. Maybe I don't sleep in mouths the way that I used to. Um, <laughs> but the one thing that is still true about Chari is that Chari dreams being, dreams the mm. creation of things. These are often things that express themselves as, as tentacles, small little floating jellyfish-like beings that occasionally bubble off. But because this is descent into midnight, and we're never far from corruption and danger, I think we see the dreaming amorphous form that is Chari bubble off something that has those same structures that we saw in Cypunk's pulses. That weird, mm. jagged half-being swoops in front of our camera. <laughs> and that's it, baby. Hell yeah. Welcome yeah. to Midnight. <laughs> the sad fish game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Taylor, thank you so much for, for guiding us through this extremely strange, really wild philosophical experience <laughs> that we had that thematically reinforced itself in ways that I was not prepared for. <laughs> Hell yes. This game ripped. This was amazing. Thank you all for, for your commitment to being weird and your ability to ask questions that needed to be asked. <laughs> Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with the Isolated RPG. In the meantime, be sure to check out other great gaming shows on the One Shot Network, like Session Zero. Session Zero is a discussion podcast that seeks to explore the psychology of role-playing. Each episode will feature role-playing concepts, stories, and tropes viewed through the lens of psychology by clinical psychologist Porter Green and industrial organizational psychologist Steve Discount. Be sure to join them on the couch for the next session. As always, we end one shot with a call to action, and I remind you once again that this is an election year and you must register to vote. I recently had to re-register to vote for the first time in several years, 
my name was not on the voter records automatically. So even if you've registered in previous years, make sure to make a point to check your registration online, register as soon as you can, and get involved. We need everyone for this, so make sure you're registered and everyone in your life is registered. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.